That's a dreadful ball and Chelsea could be in here with Goff who goes for goal and scores! Finds the back of the net! Henri! What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry Henri! Miller, lovely cushion header for The Ghost Goal Podcast. The Premier League returns after a week and a half layoff, with the big match of the weekend being Man United traveling down to London to face Tottenham at Wembley. There's plenty of other matches to talk about, though. There's Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal, Manchester City all face a tough test themselves. I'm Alex, in here with Javier. Uh, Andrew is out tonight with a busy work schedule, but we'll get his picks in a little bit. Uh, Javier, how you doing, man? Good to be back. It's been uh, it's been a couple weeks since I've been on the pod, so I'm raring to go. Got, yeah. got a lot to talk about tonight. Yeah, it does it does feel like a long time when you're cranking out two pods a week for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, and then you take a week off, and you're just like, when was the last time I was on? Was it like a month ago? Right. It was a while ago. <laughs> you're like, I feel like I feel like I've missed so much. I have so much to say. <laughs> you guys yeah, just, we, you've been uh, missing my takes, so it's it's been. It's been too much Andrew and Alex, and you need more of me. Oh, the listeners, you mean. I was about to say, I can't get away from your takes if I tried. <laughs> yeah, you can't. It's impossible. <laughs> uh, so tonight we've got predictions for this weekend. We're doing our usual previews. Uh, and then Javier and I are going to jump into our team of the seasons. Andrew gave his on Sunday night uh, for the pod we released on Monday. I had a few disagreements with him on that, but uh, I'll, I'll get into what I settled on and Javier too. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the pod. But let's start Saturday morning, 7.30 in the morning. West Ham will host Arsenal uh, at the Olympic Stadium. Andrew is a 2-1 win for West Ham, which jumped out for me. Yeah, <laughs> um, I mean, that's ridiculous. Not that it can't happen, but it's not ridiculous. If West Ham Come on, West Ham like, are an improved team. The only player on West Ham which will cause us any trouble is Andy Carroll. Like if he comes on, he's definitely coming off the bench or starting this game, and they're just gonna like be like, oh, Andy, so you're not go worried. Do, go do your usual thing where you kill Arsenal." But like, no, like you're not worried about Felipe Anderson or Arnautovic, no, no, I'm no not. like that. Chicharito. I mean, they 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 did play well. Have you seen your defense? Yeah, they did play well at the Emirates in the first half uh, this this season, and probably deserve to get more from the game than they did, um, but. West Ham, just as a team, and especially like at, at a stadium like the Olympic Stadium, we we've always done well at West Ham, you know, before and now. I I just I also don't like don't think Pellegrini sets up well to play against Emery style. I think that our players on the counter are going to you know burn their Zabaleta and. You know, the, I think that they, they don't have enough pace at the back to deal with what we're going to bring on the counterattack. So, what's your prediction? I have a three-one prediction, and obviously Arsenal win. But I think it could even be four. But I I don't think we'll keep a clean sheet. I think they'll definitely score. But oh yeah, you're definitely not keeping a clean sheet. But we did have uh, six players come back to training today: uh, Ozil, Mustafi, Mavropanos, Koscielny, Monreal, and Bayadine. So hopefully those players can... Only two of those players make me think, oh, that's good for Arsenal. Yeah, I'm just saying it's just a lot more bodies now where, you know, the manager's got more choices and it's going to push the squad back to competitive mode, you know. You really need your whole your whole squad going to, 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 to get everyone to the highest level because if you don't have all the players fit, then players can get complacent, they can get overplayed... Um, they can, you know, they can have to play with tight hamstrings, which, which Torreira had to do in that Liverpool game. Um, it came out, you know, a few days later that he, he played against Liverpool with a tight hamstring, but, you know, we thought we needed him that much that, I mean, he ended up, that was his worst game of the season. So, you know, I'm, I'm not happy that he was put in that position, but we definitely need to go buy another midfielder to, to, to help out the group and, I would love another winger as well, and obviously we're going to need help at the back. But Emery did say this week in the in the press conference before this outline that we do need help in those areas. So I'm glad that you know the club is trying to address that. And if we can get one player this window, a good player that'll improve the squad, then I'll be happy. Um, if we can even bring one or two on loan 
as well than 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 great. And over the summer, Are you guys obviously, are developing other teams' players now. I think between now and the summer, we're going to need four to five players that are going to improve the squad in different positions. But whether he gets one or two now, or he gets, I think we have to get one. I think every everyone else, every other club is going to get at least one player. So I think January is going to become a bit more active now that the summer window closes a couple weeks early. I think it's going to become a little bit more important of a window, and we might see more activity in January than we have in the past. Yeah. Um, well, go, go back to the West Ham game. Uh, I do agree with you. I think Arsenal are going to win uh, 2-1 in the, instead of 3-1. Just agree mostly that Pellegrino, like you said, he's going to be playing an open attacking game against you guys. He'll be at home. He'll be looking to get points. He'll probably... And honestly, I wouldn't blame him for thinking this way. He'll probably think he can get a win out of this game and, and surprise you guys. He'll be confident in his team. But uh, in that scenario, he needs everything to go right for his team and almost everything to go wrong for Arsenal. Uh, and if you guys end up showing up and having a good day, then you could wipe the floor with them and win 4-1, like you said. But uh, I'm going to say it's going to be a little bit closer than that and say 2-1 Arsenal. Uh, let's move to the 10 a.m. games, first of which is Brighton hosting Liverpool Saturday at 10 a.m. Andrew has a 3-0 win for Liverpool. I've got a 2-0 win for Liverpool. Javier, what do you have? Uh, I, I I almost wanted to predict a draw here, but I think Liverpool, they are uh, they are on... Andrew's, Andrew's pick enraged you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I was not happy with his stupid West Ham prediction, um, but I, I, I couldn't bring myself to do it just thinking that you know Liverpool are in the title hunt right now and they're not they not they should not be dropping points to Brighton away so i have 2-1 Liverpool but i think it's going to be a hard game Brighton are very difficult to beat at home yeah we talked a bunch about Liverpool the other day on the pod so uh, i'm i'm going to i'm going to chill with the Liverpool chat for now and we'll move on to uh, Burnley hosting Fulham also at 10am Andrew has a 1-1 draw I have a 2-1 win for Burnley. And Javier, what do you have? This is a little bit of an upset, maybe. Uh, I have Fulham winning 2-1. This is not an upset. Well, well, Burnley were in Europe at the beginning of the season, so if you would, you know. Dude, get out of here. You were just shitting on them like a month ago saying they would be in the relegation. Well, no, I do. That's why I think they're going to lose this game is because I, I do think they're probably going to get relegated this year. So I, I well, have. Burnley, Burnley have bounced back. They've got a couple wins. Uh, since, they have bounced back. I guess. And I mean, the, the relegation December. battle looks absolutely ruthless now. It's 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 six or seven teams that could could all be in that. Um, obviously, Fulham and Burnley are both in it, but um, this is this is a relegation six pointer. I mean, a draw is probably the most likely result, but I think Fulham have a win in them. Whether they have two goals in them or they have one, we shall see. But Fulham have been going to a little bit better defensively. Callum Chambers has been playing in midfield, and he's looked good there the last couple of games. So I'm. Um, I can think they can continue the momentum going. So I have 2-1 for Fulham. Okay, let's move on to Cardiff hosting Huddersfield, uh, another relegation six-pointer. Uh, that's also at 10 a.m. Andrew is a 2-1 win for Cardiff. I have a 3-1 win for Cardiff. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, be- I'm starting to believe in Cardiff at home against bad teams. So, yeah, uh, have and you, I have 1-0 Cardiff. Yeah, all of us picking Cardiff to beat Huddersfield at home, some more convincingly than others, uh, will probably lead to Huddersfield sneaking out the the one nil cheeky win. Wouldn't be surprised to see that, but uh, I would say Cardiff had enough good momentum in home games this season to uh, warrant this kind of support. Uh, let's move down to Crystal Palace hosting Watford Saturday at ten a.m. Uh, Andrew has an away win for Watford, winning two one. I've got a draw one one. Javier, how do you see this one play now? Uh, this could be a bloody one. I, I have two two. Uh, I I can't really see a winner between the two of them. Both are uh, Palace is just right right at the top of that relegation zone fight scrap. I think they'll still be in it till the end of the season, and Watford is pushing for that final Europa League spot. So we'll see what happens. It's, uh, yeah, I'm not confident about Palace to pick them to score more than once in like any game right now. Like I need to see a bit more. <laughs> consistent attacking threat. They have some pretty serious uh, goal-scoring issues right now. Um, yeah, so the last of the 10 a.m. 10 a.m. games is going to be Leicester City hosting Southampton. Uh, Andrew is a 1-0 win for Leicester. I've got a 2-1 win for Leicester. And Javier? Yeah, I have 1-1. I'm I'm buying more of Southampton right now. I, I really like the way that they've been playing. And even though Leicester have been uh, getting good results lately... I think that 
this Southampton team have been resilient home and away, and I think that they're going to continue their good form. Okay, so the last of the Saturday games is at 12.30 p.m. at Stamford Bridge. Chelsea host, hosting Newcastle. Andrew is a 1-0 win for Chelsea, and you and I both have 2-0 wins. Uh, I don't have much to talk about for this game. Uh, Chelsea are obviously coming off of a somewhat disappointing game in midweek against Tottenham, where in the first Who leg really of their cares? Carabao Cup Honestly, semifinal, they just want to get lost out of 1-0. That. I mean, I know both of you, both, both, well, too both of now. these managers have out never of it, won a trophy before, so they're both like just raring to win the League Cup to just be like, ha, I, I won a trophy. But let, let, let me let me break it to both of your managers. If you win the League Cup, nobody's going to care. You're not going to get any credit from anybody except I mean, for maybe the, the fan base. City are winning the League Cup. What? We're winning, no, neither of us are winning the League Cup. City are going to win it. They just... To beat Burton nine nil, right, like they get I'm the saying, easiest I'm semifinal like, of all time. <laughs> I mean, probably you guys probably aren't going to win it, but if you do, it, it doesn't matter. It's just like it's it's so you can say you won the double if you win the league, basically. That's the only reason. It's I mean, it's, there. it's fairly it's fairly circumstantial. You know, that first season under Mourinho fifteen years ago, the League Cup didn't matter any more then than it does now, but it was an important uh, step. For Chelsea in in becoming and establishing that winning mentality that we saw for so many years after that that first trophy when you when you break that bubble it does mean a it does mean a bit more it would than mean a lot for someone Mourinho like won it Everton three years ago when we won or, the league I don't know Tottenham Watford <laughs> Tottenham oh god definitely not I'm, for Tottenham I mean I guess you, okay I, okay I, if Tottenham I would say, I would say an FA Cup, Cup would mean something for deal. Tottenham. I would say Tottenham winning the League Cup this year. If they have to beat us in the semifinal and then City in the final, and they that, beat that, us, that, they beat us in the last round. Right, with both of, with all of our teams. Well, not you, but Chelsea and City would probably play pretty strong lineups against them. You know, that's that's meaningful. And like like you said, Pochettino wants to break that duck. Uh, yeah, but Carabao Cup. I just mentioned that because uh, Chelsea did play well in that game. We basically. The, fl- the, the script got flipped where Chelsea were the ones holding onto the ball all the time, tr- t- creating the chances, and uh, Tottenham looked pretty content to just sort of sit off of us. They got their goal from a VAR uh, given penalty, um, and then they just sort of sat off and they, they, they seemed pretty content to keep the lead going into the second leg. So I wasn't disappointed in the in the performance by Chelsea. Uh, it, it was just kind of a, a bit of an unlucky night. So I, I'm pretty optimistic going into this weekend's game. Newcastle have been a difficult matchup for Chelsea when we go up to St. James's Park. But at home, we usually, I, I don't want to say we wipe the floor with them, but we, we usually beat them pretty soundly. It's usually 2 or 3-0. Maybe they grab a goal off a set piece. Are but, you are you worried uh, at all like Rafa Benitez comes in here and squeaks a nil-nil? Uh, I wouldn't be worried about Rafa. I would be worried about us because we're our greatest enemy right no right I, I i say the it because game i mean and this is ultimately something I've, I've been wanting to confront you on the pod with for a while but i haven't really had a good time we don't have time for it tonight javier we got a lot to get to tonight <laughs> it's I'm, let me guess chelsea struggle to score goals at the minute yes but i think it's going to catch up to you in the second half of the season I think it that very well might. historically we, uh, this january is very important for that i think historically we have if you don't have goals. Your your goal scorers are what, are what you know pulls you in the line in, in the second half of the year, and if you don't have a consistent goal scorer, which we know Eden Hazard, he's not a consistent goal scorer. He never is going to be. He's going to have a, another blue patch this year where he goes six or seven games without scoring again, and he already did it once this year. And if he he's going to do it again, and you guys are going to drop a bunch of points if that happens, so. You really need to okay. find some well, other got... some other goal scoring outlet, and I'm sure there's still a bunch of delusional Chelsea fans out there who think Morata can do it. But no, there are none. Trust me, uh, he's about to be loaned out to Sevilla supposedly. So with him being loaned out, I can't imagine Chelsea letting the month close without maybe us bring Mishi either... back. Yeah, maybe bringing Mishi back, but uh... bring Mishi <laughs> and Tammy back. <laughs> I would like to. I would like to bring Mishi back, but it looks like Sorry wasn't very impressed with him because he only came back from the Belgian World Cup team uh, about like a week before the season or two weeks before the season. And Sorry took a look at him and in training, and then just had him loaned out. Also, right you, after that, you so. know that Callum Hudson Adoy's agent just like put out a bunch of rumors because they were just like. We're not, we're oh, yeah, not re-signing, to get a contract and you Chelsea. need to start playing this like him right now, or like 
basically we're leaving. And then uh, Sari's like, he's ready to play. He's ready to play. We're we're playing him. (laughs) It's very possible. It's very possible that we see a uh, a Pedro Hazard Hudson Odoi frontline this week, like this this weekend, because I think Sari's finally starting to get the hump with players like William Morata. Didn't have Morata even in the squad for the Tottenham game the other day after scoring twice against Nottingham Forest and not celebrating his goals. There's uh, there's some bad blood between some players and, and Sorry right now, but he's just sort of, I think he's finally starting to get the idea that some players just aren't going to be up to the level to consistently create and score goals uh, for his, for his team. Let's move on to the Everton Bournemouth game that starts us off on Sunday morning, nine fifteen a.m. at Good- Goodison Park. This one historically, since Bournemouth came up into the league, has usually been high scoring. Uh, Andrew and I have kind of played off of that uh, trend. Andrew has a 2-2 draw, which I was going to pick. That's like my favorite thing to pick for any Bournemouth game ever. But I'll instead go 3-2 Everton. Javier, what do you have? I have. I think it's going to be a little bit less high score. I think both of these teams have gone back to... I know that Bournemouth just had that 3-3 game, but I think they're going to try and go back to defensive roots after a game like that, after conceding three in a crazy fashion like that. So, I And Everton have been great defensively this year, so I think it's going to be 1-1. And yeah, I could also even see Everton winning one nil here. So I, those are, but I, I'm going to say one one. Okay, let's move on to the big one. Sunday, eleven thirty a.m. Tottenham will host Manchester United. I'll start us off with a uh, declaration that I don't think United have a chance in this game. I think it's three one Tottenham. I think it's high scoring. It's high tempo. It's end to end. United probably have moments where they look good and they look uh, convincing on the ball. But Tottenham took it so easy in that game against us the other day, rotated a, a couple of key players. They did play a lot of like the the Canes, Allies, and uh, they Son and Erickson, played their entire like full line. They didn't, except for they didn't play, except for Lo- they didn't Lloris, play Lloris, and they didn't play Vertonghen. Yeah, I was gonna say, and like uh, a couple of the back line. Uh, they didn't play Davis, the left back. They played Rose instead. Yeah, Rose is first so choice they, now. Rose has been playing. They, they've rotated the in some places. Yeah, I like how they rotated. I I honestly think it's going to be maybe close to start. Maybe United uh, go behind one nil, come back and equalize, and then Tottenham. So Alex sort of has three one Tottenham, half. and I have two two. Yes. So like we do not agree with how this game is going to go. I yeah, I almost wanted You're to fully predict on the United the win. United are back. Camp, I wanted right? to predict the United win, and I'm 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 gonna like I'm gonna very much refute your. They're not going to have a chance in this game because. Please do so. I think that there is a little bit of truth in Pochettino wanting to go to Manchester United. And, I mean, it, it's I'm sure it's going to motivate him to him and his players to try and beat United. But I think that United have something, you know, big going right now. And I think they have a lot of momentum. They have five straight wins. Oh, so he doesn't want he doesn't want to derail his future team's chances of getting top four. Is that what you're saying? Yes. <laughs> you're such a fucking troll, dude. No, Typical no, Arsenal no, but fan no. But I mean, that's, that's, that's you know next level stuff right there. But but I really also, do Tottenham think having that drawn a game United, all season, Javier. United have really pushed it to the to a new gear right now. Paul Pogba, he's now the captain of the team. He's leading the team on the field. I am the captain now. Look at me. And <laughs> I think that he's better than any player on Tottenham right now. The form that people saw is somewhat in the World Cup. Saw at Juventus, but have not really seen at United. Just flashes of it. So, it, it it makes me excited for them. I mean, I'm not happy, but it as a a lover of the game, I love seeing when a team can switch from going such negative style and playing so badly to, you know, suddenly they have five more goals this season than Chelsea. You know, a team that people thought were playing great and this sorry free flowing attacking football. And United were the team that were playing negative football, but suddenly they have five more goals than you guys. And that's because of this, you know, this great run that they've been on. And I, I, I don't think that they're going to cool off in this game. I think they're going to play really well. And they're going to think of this game as if they win this game, they're contenders for top four. You know, they're already contenders. I don't think. No, I don't think so. I think four. if they lose this game, they're not. They're, they're four points off. of OK, us. but if they lose this game, points. they're not contenders for top four anymore. Right. Like. They're down like six or seven points at that point because most likely Chelsea and Arsenal are winning this weekend. So it's it's. But then would you say six points with 17 games to go is insurmountable? No, but I think that I mean, because they still, they still have to play Chelsea. both of us again. Right. But I think that I it's going to be a much bigger task. Already? I think it's going to be 
it's going to be much more out there, you know? It's going to be harder for them because they still have to play a Champions League and it's it's going to be a stretch. Yeah, but I think if they can that. get a win here, I mean, who knows what they can do this season? I really don't know. I mean, it, it, this game will be the, the real marker. We were saying this a few weeks ago, like, you know, we're not going to buy what United right. is Wait really till buying till this, till really selling till this game. So, but I'm I'm gonna buy it. I'm gonna say they get a two-two draw here, which is which would be a, a great result for them. And I think that there's a there's a good chance to get a win because I think this Tottenham side are are, are Jackal and Hyde right now. That some some weeks they look absolutely amazing and, and dominating, and other weeks they look like their defense is in shambles. And uh, offensively, I don't I don't really remember a game that they've looked really that bad. Tottenham. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, offensively they. Usually, are, As, if they have Son, Kane, well. Erickson, Ali, like Lucas Mora, they're like they're gonna get goals. So I I don't see that part of their game going badly. It's defensively, I don't know. I don't think they're gonna be able to handle United. I think that part of the game, uh, I think Alexis is back in the fold. Lukaku is back playing well. I think everyone on that team now, attacking wise, Rashford's playing out of his mind. Martial, they're all playing well now. If you have all of that attacking talent actually playing well, even if some of them are coming off the bench, like at Arsenal, it's 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 almost it's I mean it's 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 now uh, I think a scarier attack than what Arsenal has, if if all of them keep playing at this level. So and I I think Tottenham will have a really hard time keeping United out. And and Oligander Solskjaer seems to just be a very attacking manager and, and be giving them the freedom and and enabling them to do so. So I'm I'm very excited for this game. I'll definitely be watching it. So Andrew has a 2-1 uh, win for Tottenham at home. The the one thing I'll say about United's attacking talent is that, yeah, it's it's undeniable. Solskjaer has got them playing much better than under Mourinho. That's very obvious. They haven't played anyone really significant yet. Uh, you could make an argument that the Bournemouth game was a pretty impressive win. Uh, but I'm, I'm not worried about United's attacking talent. I'm worried about the back line trying to play out from the back the way they have been the last couple of weeks against lesser opposition, uh, except this time they'll be at Spurs trying to get the ball, progress the ball up the field against but that I think Spurs that, press. If there's one team from like the uh, the top six that they wanted to play to like test their game from passing out the back, it would be Tottenham. It would be Arsenal. Like, you don't want to play against... Chelsea, Arsenal, Liverpool, or City, like all of them are better pressing teams than Tottenham. I mean, Tottenham are like no, I don't, I don't agree with that. Tottenham are a way better pressing team than Arsenal and Chelsea. I, I'm, I'm just going to be the unbiased one here for that. For, I just right don't, I just don't think Liverpool and City are the two best. I just think when Tottenham Kane third. and Eriksen are in the lineup, that's not the case. I think that they're not as good of a pressing team. Well, when they're those both going to be in the lineup, so. But but when, exactly, but like, and I mean, Son, Son is not that good at pressing either. He runs a lot, but like, none of them are none of them are particularly great at pressing the pressing at the right times. They don't have nearly uh, as Ali Sissoko have been very they, good. Okay, but like, in, like and, and like Sissoko pressing. and Winks, I don't like that midfield. I do not like that midfield. Pochettino loves it. Seems to think it's absolutely amazing. But I think in big games like this, against attacking talent of this nature, you saw it. We scored four goals on them. I I, I mean, obviously they're at home here, but I, I think United are going to score two or three goals because the way that they play, that midfield they have in big games like this, I think it's going to catch up to them. But we'll see. Maybe Pochettino has Winks and Sissoko be defensive gods here and... Uh, they can keep United to one goal, like both of you have. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm just a wait. Uh, like, show me it first before I uh, am ready to pick United to be able to go and get a result like that at Tottenham. Uh, so, the final game of the weekend is going to be Manchester City hosting Wolves Monday night. Well, Monday afternoon, three p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Andrew has a three-one win for Man City. I've got a two-nil win. Javier, what do you have for this game? Uh. I think it's going to be I, – I always pick, I feel, City maybe a little bit over – their score over, but I'm going to say 4-1 City. I think they're going to be uh, guns blazing, trying to keep up that title with, with Liverpool. And just every week that De Bruyne, Aguero, Sané, all of them are playing again together, I think it's going to it's gonna mesh and they're going to they're gonna have another just burst where they're just going to destroy teams again, you know, four or five goals. I think it's going to happen soon. So I'm going to predict. Yeah, I'm sticking. I'm sticking with them for my title pick. I it was it was getting a little worry, worrisome there, but I was thinking like as long as they win that Liverpool game, they're in it. 
I, I feel okay about my Man City pick to win the league. And uh, Wolves away, uh, Wolves away from home. Uh, they're perfectly capable. We saw them go beat Tottenham a couple weeks ago. Uh, Tottenham are obviously a different team than Manchester City uh, away from home. But yeah, I think they'll, they'll put up a decent fight. But in the end, City's quality will just be a bit too much, and uh, it'll end up being also. Too I, think, I think I think there's one thing to say about uh, playing against this Wolves team is if your wingers are really really good then wolves have trouble like if you don't have excellent wingers you can pin them in yeah because that stops their that stops their wing backs from getting forward right. and like helping out and attack. from them playing their game because arsenal we we had like 70 72% possession against wolves but we couldn't create very very good chances because we didn't have players who could effectively cross the ball or who could run at their defenders at their wing backs so they were able to get more uh, decisive attacks when they went forward than we did because they were able to use their wings appropriately. But I think City are going to have 72, you know, as much possession as Arsenal did or more, but they're going to have a lot more penetration than we did. So I think that's where Wolves are going to struggle. And even though they have had, uh, they did, did, did they draw earlier this season at home with City? They did, Yeah, right? they drew 1-1. One, one. Yeah, so, yep. but I think Man City will figure out a plan to, to nullify that. And I think Wolves got their one off against City. I think City are gonna are gonna blow them away this time. Who do you have winning the title? Oh, I'm I'm still really close, man. I Who did even, you have preseason? Even though Liverpool lost last weekend, I thought they were so good. I thought they were they so were really good, good in that game. And if they play like that and the thing is is they that was without, you know, Keita Fabinho and and they they played that Milner Wijnaldum. I I I thought they were gonna get blown off the pitch, but they played that. They played so well, and they were really unlucky not to be up one or two nil in that in that opening salvo. So, I think Liverpool are gonna win the title. I do, but I'm 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 very. I think it's very dependent. I'm gonna save my like actual prediction till after that Bayern tie because I really think Champions League, how that goes can affect everything. So if Liverpool just win and trot over Bayern and win that, I think that could give them enough momentum to win the title and push into a deep Champions League run. If they lose that, if Bayern like, you know, destroy them in Munich in that first game, that could absolutely affect how Liverpool go on from the rest of the season and it could affect the psyche of the rest of the players. So, you know, there's also injuries. There's so many factors. I think it's too close to call right now. You know, if obviously if they had beaten City, I would just be saying, yeah, they're probably champions. But, you know, but like I said, I, I, I really they liked how champions. they looked against City. And, and if they play like that every game, I mean, I don't know what teams are really going to beat them. I would have predicted a Liverpool draw at Brighton last year. But I, this year, I mean, I think it's a win. So yeah, the biggest, the best thing they have going for them right now is that they only face uh, three more top six teams the rest of this season. Yeah, they, they've gotten a lot of their hard games out of the way. So. Yeah, so Champions League, as you said, is going to play a big part in it. That wraps it up for the previews for this week. Uh, let's go now to our teams of the season. If you listened the other day and you already know the uh, the little rules that we have for this little exercise. Then good for you, but I'm going to rehash it anyway. We try to do as realistic of a formation as possible. We sort of just say what our formation is going to be and try to fit in players who have been playing in in that specific position so far for this season. Uh, we keep it to three players max from any one team, just so it's not too uh, Liverpool heavy or in, in the past too Man City heavy or too Chelsea heavy. So that's a fun little wrinkle we do. We also designate a player of the season from that uh 11 that we pick and we designate a manager of the season. So let me run through what Andrew had as his team the other day. Uh, he had Allison in goal, Aspilicueta right back, Virgil van Dijk, uh, Americ Laporte, Lucas Digne at left back, Lucas Torreira, defensive midfielder. His two attacking midfielders were Bernardo and David Silva, and his front three was Salah, Aubameyang, and Hazard. I also have a fan submission that I want to read out before you and I get started. Our good friend, and my cousin, Connor Thomas, sent me his picks earlier today. And he, he he would like you, Javier, to know that his team of the season so far, he's uh, he's got in goal David De Gea, left back Andy Robertson, Virgil van Dyke, and Shane Duffy at center back, Matt Doherty at right back, Conte and Fernandinho as his two defensive midfielders, 
Paul Pogba is his attacking midfielder, and he wanted me to let you know, Javier, that uh, he has Lucas Torreira as Paul Pogba's water boy. Uh, so he, he he almost that's, gets in the team that's there. That's rude. That's just and then rude, a front man. three of uh, Hazard, Kane, and Salah. Um, he said he he would have picked, uh, considered Obama tapping Yang, but uh, he he just he, he couldn't do it. <laughs> he couldn't do it. He, Kane's Kane's uh, <laughs> Kane's production has uh, maybe not been as good as Aubameyang's this year, but it's been more meaningful, uh, as you can see from his team's place in the table. So uh, thank you, Connor, for sending us your picks. I appreciate it very much. Uh, there's, a, there's a bit of overlap between uh, mine and uh, his teams, but we can jump into ours now. Javier, let's go through our uh, defenses first. We're not going to just drop our whole teams right now. We'll uh, go position by position. Who do you have as your goalkeeper? Uh, I was really in between Ederson and Allison, and I really can't pick in between the two, but I'm going to go with Allison just because he's made some huge saves this year. But I have, I do, and his distribution is fantastic. I understand why Brazil pick him over Ederson, but Ederson's yeah. distribution is better and is absolutely unbelievable. Just, he's gotten, I think, one or two assists this year. He's absolutely unreal. He, he, he. Sometimes he just punts a ball 90 yards down the field to Aguero. Aguero takes one touch and can, like, shoot. And it's insane that he can do that. I don't know if I've ever seen a keeper that can do that. But honorable mention to Ederson already this season. I'm going to say Allison. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on Allison. Uh, Allison obviously sits top of the table. They're both, as you said, very good goalkeepers. Uh, if you asked me which one of them I was going to pick, like, for a team that I was setting up, I would I would ask you like oh what are what are my other players because it would depend on what like the style of play is going to be that we that we play if it was a defensive team uh, sitting a low block give me Allison his distribution is obviously still very very good but I think his shot stopping and command of the box is a little bit better than Ederson's meanwhile if you want if I was going to play a possession attacking style I'd probably go with Ederson uh, you lose a little bit on the shot stopping but the distribution is. Probably the best in the world at this point. I think he's unseated Manuel Neuer in that regard. Uh, so, yeah, no no disagreement there. Let's move on to right back. I guess we should both say what our formations are because I've switched my formation up this year. Uh, I'm going with a 5-2-3. So, uh, Mine's basically a 4-3-3. I mean, it's... 4-3-3 with, with two defensive midfielders and one attacking midfielder. Okay. So uh, let's start with our right backs. Who do you have? I was obviously in between Trent and Trent Alexander Arnold and Kieran Trippier. Um, I I think Trent is deserves this, but I could only put three Liverpool players in the team. So I'm going to say it was Kieran Trippier, and he's also been fantastic this year. He's been in and out of the team because. Uh, Pochettino rotates him, but I'm pretty sure if he'd been playing every single game this season, he'd have even better statistics than he has now. But he's amazing offensively and defensively. He's okay, but it seems like he's improved, you know, little by little his game there too as well. So who do you have, Alex? See, what you're bringing up as a reason for why you're including him, I'm using for to not even consider Trippier. The fact that he's been rotated with Aurier and hasn't been able to solidify his place in that in that squad uh, 100% for like every single big game. I think it's for match that, fitness. That, I really that's, don't that's think a it's like his fault. I really think it's just Pochettino trying to keep well, him fresh for the big games. The, that's the, the same thing is, uh, is why Trent Alexander-Arnold hasn't made it into my team. Obviously, I, I think there are four better or four better suggestions from Liverpool for this list. I would consider Wijnaldum before I considered Alexander-Arnold. Uh, he had a moment there where he was not getting in the team because Joe Gomez was being played out at right back. And uh, I don't think that was a, a bad uh, a bad decision from Klopp. They that didn't was really like seem two to games lose too much. That. It wasn't two, dude. It was it was a couple more than that. They played big games. With, I think the Arsenal away game, they had Joe Gomez at right back. Like, they, Trent's uh, played like 85% of the games. He's played a lot of games. He's played very well, but... Uh, yeah, just that little run where he was out of the team. That, and I think he had an injury also. That kind of took it away from me. Also, I like to use this uh, three-team max format to appreciate some players in the league that wouldn't necessarily get into most people's 
uh, teams of the season. So my right back is Aaron Juan Basaka from Crystal Palace. Oh, that's a good one. I think it's been a breakout season for him. That's a good one. He's he's been excellent, and I think he fully deserves to be in this list. I I didn't even consider consider Aspilicueta when Andrew uh, said him because yeah, Juan Basaka might be even more meriting than these other two. Um, and the other one I was considering uh, as an honorable mention pick, I'll mention him is offensively. Uh, he just has Ricardo Pereira. So yeah, but maybe it's because well, he mean, doesn't have any attacking talent to play with. That's that's not what Palace are really focused on doing. They're not about the uh, high tempo attacking game. They're they're penned back a lot of times in their own half. And we've seen Juan Bissaka be able to lock up players like Leroy Sané this year in the in the three two win they been had. A, at he's City been amazing a few weeks defensively ago. for sure. He's he's been excellent, uh, but. I was, I was going to mention the right back position. The other one I would consider is Ricardo Pereira from Leicester. He, he's he, he, maybe people didn't notice him early on in the season because he wasn't scoring goals and, and creating goals like he has the has been the last like month or so. But uh, th- this past month or two has kind of elevated into him into that conversation for me. And I wouldn't be surprised for the end of the season if he continues, uh, whether he gets into the team ahead of Juan Bissaka at the end of the season. So uh, let's move on to our center backs. I have three center backs, so I'll let you go first because I'm guessing we've got some overlap. Yeah, I have, have Virgil overlap. van Dijk. You, you go ahead on van Dijk. Rudiger. So I think van Dijk is obviously a no-brainer, and Rudiger, I think you can maybe argue that there's another center back better than him, but I think he's been awesome this season, and Chelsea have kept clean sheets because of him most of the time. So he's he's almost always the last defender the guy making those last ditch tackles and he reads the game so well so yeah I, also on corners he's almost always the first guy there so I, I I really like him and you you've been praising him since last year and I think he's been excellent so I have him in my team yeah I mean I agree there's there's no team of the season so far that doesn't have both Virgil van Dijk and Eden Hazard those are the two players that are just automatically in for everyone if you don't have them on your list then it's a bad list. So uh, Van Dyke, we obviously both agree on. Uh, Rudiger, I'm not crazy about that pick. He's been good. We've not been like consistently amazing defensively, which is more of a symptom of switching systems than anything than overall bad defensive play. I also think that's just like uh, there were just the other, players, there other that players that, had to that play like, with, caught like, my eye more. You have a, you have an inexperienced goalkeeper um, who's made a, a bunch of errors. And he's had to play with Ooh, Jesus. different center back Jesus partners. There. Go easy, go easy, go easy on the analysis there, Javier. That's uh, it's not really very true. Your your, your bias is showing. Kepa's gotten us out of plenty of very bad situations. He's been very yeah, good. He's also like been very bad in many situations. Quite like Leno. I don't know about that. Leno's been worse, but well, uh, that's for another time. My other two center backs are. Americ Laporte from Manchester City. Andrew covered him on the uh, on his team. He uh, had Van Dyke and Laporte. Uh, he's City haven't had a clean sheet for a couple of weeks now, which is a mark against him and City overall as a defensive unit. Uh, but in possession, he's just he's so important to them. His line splitting passes. You saw at the start of the season when he was like really really uh, cemented in the squad next to John Stones. You saw how much of a difference the uh, the off season made between just being at, in Manchester all off season working with Pep. It's uh, he's he's come along leaps and bounds since they signed him in January of last year, and he was he was still not that bad when they signed him in the second half of last season. Uh, and my third center back pick, someone who Connor mentioned already, Shane Duffy. I was surprised when I was doing research for this how good of numbers Shane Duffy has. He leads the league with 7.3 clearances per game. He's second in the league behind James Tarkowski in blocks per match uh, with 1.4. He's got three goals. He's got an assist. He scored one of those goals against Man United when they beat United uh, 3-2 earlier in the season. Among center backs with 1,000 minutes or more, the only one with a higher percentage of aerial duels won in the defensive third is Virgil van Dijk with 87%, and Duffy has 84%. He's dominant in the air. He deserves to be in this list. And I'm not just saying that because he's Irish and uh, on the lads. But uh, the thing that really sealed it for me was the fact that he got a red card earlier on in the season when they lost uh, or they beat Crystal Palace 3-1. 
And uh, it's pretty telling that Brighton lost each of the three matches after that, where he was missing. <laughs> and then when he returned to the lineup, they got that 1-1 draw with Arsenal. So that just shows you like how big of an impact he has on that on that Brighton team defensively and, and how they like to play so deep and, and, and so reactive. You need a player like that who's willing to sacrifice himself and contest for every ball and make clearances incessantly over and over again for 90 minutes. And he's, he's the perfect player for that. So uh, that's why I have him in my team. I just wanted to justify that a little bit because Shane Duffy seems like a bit of a out of left field pick. It's not like your usual Van Dykes or Laportes that everyone else seems to have. Yeah, it's a good shout uh, out. So let's uh, I like yeah, that let's one. move to uh, left back. Who, who do you have at left back? Uh, I think this one's pretty obvious. I have uh, Andy Robertson. I think there's been no it one. isn't and isn't obvious. I think it's pretty obvious. You I know think what I mean? There's no one who's been like cl- even close to him. Well, yes. But it's picking three Liverpool players that uh, makes it makes it tough. No, because you obviously li- don't. Well, you don't have the third Liverpool, out Liverpool player that most other not people. Not goal scoring; it's their defense. Well, goals goals do win you games, Javier. If you have a good defense, that will get you a bunch of nil nil yeah, draws. Recently, they've been goals. they've been blowing teams away and scoring more goals. But until the last month or so, they were just defensively monsters, and they still are. But you know, they'd only conceded seven goals up till Christmas, so. I, I agree with you. That's why I have. That's Allison why and Van Dyke. I have. I have the know, two most important players in the three Liverpool I, defenders uh, as you know a, a goalie and two defenders as in my team of the season because I think they're they've been more important than the, what the front line has done, and I think that's more important to their success than what the attacking players have done. I think you've seen you can see what attacking players can do. You saw it last year in their Champions League run, like they were just pure attack and. It can take you that far, especially in a tournament style, but in a league format, it's the defenders that can bring you all the way. And it's why I have an inkling that Liverpool are going to win the league this year because their defense is just a lot better than Manchester City's. And Manchester City's attack is going to have to be that much better than Liverpool, Liverpool's defense. But I think Liverpool have an excellent attack too. So that's why I think in the end they might take it. But that's why I have three defenders in my team. So I don't really have a, a <laughs> anything to really justify this, other than the fact that my three Liverpool players that I picked were Allison Van Dyke, and you'll hear in a little bit Mohamed Salah. I, th- those three players, you, you can't not include those three players for me personally. Uh, Robertson undoubtedly has been the left back, best left back in the league this year. Um, but because of our little rule, it, it, sometimes it doesn't work out well for uh, certain players, even if they're playing the best in their position. Uh, but instead, I've picked Ben Chilwell. Crickets. <laughs> I was honestly going to go with Lucas Digne uh, at first, but then yeah, Andrew I don't, picked him. I don't and like I thought, the Chilwell, I, but... I, I, I thought to myself, uh, I feel like there's been other good left backs in the league this year, going through, doing some research... Uh, look, looking at a few other of the consistent we'll just, uh, performers th- th- there. Left so back. we'll say there's a couple there we don't we don't agree on, but that's all right. Oh yeah, there's more there's more than a couple. We've only gone halfway through it, Javier. <laughs> you just wait. Uh, yeah, Ben Joel, I've been very impressed with his performances. He's been one of the he's pretty much solidified his place in that lineup, getting Christian Fuchs out of the left back position, who was their left back when they obviously won the league. So uh, he's, he's forced his way into the England team, helping them get to the semifinals of the Nations League. He's put in some good performances for them. Uh, he's he's a good player. He's, he's a player that I, uh, I honestly, I would prefer him to Marcus Alonso at Chelsea. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, Javier, just because Chilwell played out of his mind and scored against you guys, I know you guys ended up winning that match, but, you know. You, you, you know, All right, we should we should move on from this. This is let's we, do that. You're really dragging on, on on these five players. Let's let's do midfields. Who are your two defensive midfield? Okay, I think obviously Torreira is in there. I think anyone who doesn't have him in their team of the season is wrong. And interesting, Fernandinho, I think has been a monster. I think you saw how much City struggled without him, and I think this is the best season I've seen from him defensively. In that run where City had seven or eight clean sheets in a row, he was just monstrous. He just shut everything down in the midfield, and they created any of the, the opposing teams created almost no chances against City in those games. So when he's on his game, City City can be on their game too. So I think both of them, Torreira and Fernandinho, are, are the, the defensive clocks that make the transition between uh, defense and offense tick. And I think both of them play that role really well and are extremely important to the team. Probably the most important players on their team 
um, if you could pick out one player that is not really replaceable in the team. So, so we agree on Fernandinho. I'm uh, I'm not I'm not going to push you there. I've got him in my team too. I I, I just have two. Uh, defensive midfield players. I have no attacking midfield player. And my other defensive midfield player is N'Golo Kante. I think this whole discussion that's happened in the first half of the season about Chelsea not playing Kante in the right position, something that you like stood there bearing the flag for, criticizing Chelsea Yeah, but about. no, I'm not going to say he's been like, he's it's been all like a gr- amazing it's all, it's all midfielder in that position. No. You know what? He's I'm been, gonna he's say, been I'm serviceable. I'm going to say he has. This, it's, I don't he think has. he deserves to be he in the team been, this season, though. Yeah, well, let me make the case. I think he has been one of the best midfielders in the league this season. Jorginho started the season well, has kind of withdrawn back into himself now, has started playing a bit more, a bit too conservatively. And there's been a, a <laughs> there's been a rotation of Kovacic, Barkley, and Loftus-Cheek playing in that third midfield spot. The only consistent at a high level throughout this season has been N'Golo Kante. How many goals does Lucas Torreira have in the league, Javier? Two. Oh, two. Oh, two. Oh, okay. Uh, N'Golo has three. Uh, okay, you, two of those. Okay, let's, two, let's see two, how many they have at the those, end of the season. Three, three of those were winners. One of those was against Manchester City to to beat Manchester City for the first time this season. Uh, N'Golo Kante, he's doing it all. He's been. We've got a bunch of clean sheets this season, and our backline is not the reason for that. It's our. It's our. <laughs> it's N'Golo Kante, one hundred percent, and then with a little sprinkling of Kepa and David Luiz mixed in there. N'Golo Kante, if he's not like in your team of the season, then you haven't been watching Chelsea and you've just been enjoying and, and agreeing with the narrative of dumbasses like Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher. Keep listening to these people who just like spew narratives and just expect you to not watch the games yourself. You like that? Lucas Torreira would be the one player from Arsenal that I would consider for that position. And he, he was. And it basically came down to Torreira versus Kante for me. And in classic Chelsea fan fashion, I took the Chelsea player. All right. Also, well, I have a we're third ahead, ahead of Arsenal. In, in we're ahead of Arsenal. Let's not talk about this anymore. Table. Um, okay. I have, I have a third midfielder in my team, and that's Christian Eriksen, who uh, he was injured for the first part of the season. But since he's come back, he has something like eight or nine goals now. And a bunch of assists, and he's just been on fire lately. And I think he's one of the best players on Tottenham. And I like that he hasn't signed the contract, a new contract yet. I think he may try and leave. And if he leaves, that that team would fall apart. But I think he is what makes that team tick. And without him, they 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 don't have a player that they can replace him. I think they almost every other position. Maybe Kane as well, but they don't really have a player that can replace Ericsson. So I think they really miss him when they're gone, and I think he's going to end up with a bunch more goals and assists at the end of this year. And if Tottenham make a run for the title, he's going to be a huge part of it. I would consider Kane ahead of Ericsson in terms of importance to Tottenham's lineup this season. I think Kane's uh, been pretty been underwhelming. Good. I do. I think, I, I think he's been I think he's kind of underwhelming this season. Man. I, 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 would, I would put Kane in before I put Aubameyang in, but that's a conversation we're about to get yeah, into. Yeah, but you're biased and you um, have your dumb Chelsea-tinted glasses, so that's fine. I'm not biased when it comes to Arsenal versus Tottenham. No, I but with Chelsea you are, much and with Arsenal, definitely. So, also, Javier, you know, I'm, I'm my, my whole shtick is I'm the unbiased one on this podcast. Yeah, but I you're definitely extremely you biased. Look at your team of the season. It's ridiculous. I've got two Chelsea players in my team of the season. What are you talking about? You, you wanted to put Morata in there. Oh, did I? Yeah, you you I, said it before the show. I, you know, I think I considered it last season when he had those like seven goals in the first half of the season or whatever. But I haven't considered him anywhere close to that level since then. So that's a that's a fairly outdated. Uh, yeah, okay, Erickson Erickson's a good pick. Uh, when I was looking at or trying to think of attacking midfielders for consideration, he was the only one that really popped into my head as. Uh, as sort of worthy of that spot, but I just couldn't. I, the performances of the defensive players, namely the center backs, impressed me a bit more uh, for this exercise than uh, Ericsson did. So let's move on to our front lines. Let's get the easy one. Let's get the easy one out of the way. Left wing, we've both got Eden Hazard. Yeah, everyone's uh, got Hazard. He's been awesome. There's no, you know, he's been mostly, I think, at his best. Uh, yeah, he's been great at striker and at wings. So he's been he's been kind of like Alexis that one season where Alexis scored uh, thirty goals. So I I I think he could reach that level, you know, scoring thirty goals in all competitions if he keeps playing in that position. 
And yeah, he's got he's got like eighteen or nineteen goals plus plus assists, which is more than anyone else in the league right now. His usage rate or the equivalent statistic for that is higher than anyone else in the league. We're completely dependent on him, but uh, I'll I'll make a further case about him when we get to our player of the year so far. Talk, uh, yeah, we both got Hazard on the left wing. Uh, as for the other two forward spots, I've got Raheem Sterling and Mohamed Salah. Salah, I decided to play as a center forward since he's basically been playing there all season. He's not, he hasn't really played in the right wing that much. They've basically had Firmino dropping off and helping out in midfield, and they've entrusted Sane, or not Sane, Jesus, Mane and Salah to make those runs in behind and, and score those goals. So uh, Salah's got 13 goals this season. He's, I, I don't see how you don't have him, dude. I really don't. I know you just made the whole thing about how Liverpool's defense has been more important there than their attack. But I again, mean, he'll probably be there at the, on my team of the season at the end of the year. But I just don't have him in there right now. I think there's been better players than him. I think he's also been slightly underwhelming, like Harry Kane. Even though statistically they've been doing you know pretty well, I think to their standards, I think they've been slightly underwhelming. But maybe I'm being unkind to do him. Not, do you not I, take I, into I, I expect, like I expect, the team's I have position? A, you know, super high expectation of Mohamed Salah now. So do you not take into account the team's overall position into this? I do, but I think got, I just I think the defenders are, all, are all more important, and I think all three of those players have been better than Saul this year, like Robertson, Van Dyke, and Allison. I think I, I think I think obviously Robertson and Salah are really close. I think you you can say like, but I think Salah's been su- Robertson's been such a huge success of all of the attackers. Like all of them have been getting goals from him. Shakiri as well. I mean, he's his crosses are unbelievable and defensively he's been amazing too so i don't I, I just i think you can't not put him in your team of the season as well i think and i think it's difficult i think there's been so many good attackers that you can maybe see Salah not being in there so who's I, your center forward my center forward's a bombing i think it's a no-brainer i think even oh, though he God. hasn't played that well he still has 14 what, goals place team which it's a no-brainer yeah so I, I mean i think he's gonna he's clearly gonna be there at the end of the year and i have him there now because he's top of the goal scoring charts he has he okay he has 14 goals and three assists so he has 17 instead of hazards 18 um and he's been starved a lot of times there's been a lot of times where he hasn't gotten service and you know he's missed some chances this year but oh really has he missed some chances Okay, let's go to the big games. Other than Tottenham, when has he played well in a big game this season? The Liverpool game a couple weeks ago, he completed six passes, and four of those were from the kickoffs. He played um, pretty well against Manchester United. Dude, get the hell out of here. Fuck you. Aubameyang does not deserve to be in this team. Kane deserves to be in. Salah deserves to be in. They're higher than him in the table. They're scoring important goals in big games. They're better than him, dude. Just face it. He's a good player. He helps you. I picked him for the golden boot because he scores a bunch of goals against shit teams, but he doesn't deserve to be in the team of the season. I mean, I, I, I don't agree with you. I, I think, I think he brings a you. lot more to the team than that. I think his movement is better than anyone in the league. I think what he brings to the team is he's that constantly making defenders great. shuffle and move and look behind their back. And he doesn't get the service from the team. I mean, he hasn't had an attacking midfielder that can feed him this year. Mkhitaryan's been completely inconsistent. Ozil hasn't been in the team at all. Um, we haven't had someone who could feed him. The, the guy has 14 goals with almost no service. I mean, trust me, once we get a, a, our midfield and our defense sorted out, he's going to be scoring boatloads more goals. He's not just going to score like a brace here or there and a goal in, in every other game. So he's going to be getting hat tricks. He's going to be getting more goals. Like I think he's I think he's been very unlucky to only have 14 goals to this point. I think he'll have 25, 30 goals at the end of the season easily. So so the goals for me aren't what keep him out of the team. He obviously has goals. It's the value of those goals. Mohamed Salah's goals have meant more to his team, hence them being top of the league, hence him scoring big goals in big games. He's he's a very good player. And, okay, but yeah. I, I would have Salah in this team too, but I can't pick more Liverpool players. Yeah, okay. Well, Let's move on to our final uh, players in our teams of the season, uh, our right-wingers. I've got Raheem Sterling. Javier, who have you? Who do you I have, have Anderson Silva, I think. He's been yeah. amazing this year. Felipe and Anderson? Felipe Anderson. I'm sorry. Oh, Anderson See, Silva. You can't even yes, remember his Brazilian. name. You can't even <laughs> remember his name. You're bringing up UFC um, fighters. Come on. No, Felipe Anderson. He doesn't deserve to be in the I team. Think, Get out of here. I think Felipe Anderson is uh, 
has been phenomenal this year and I, I didn't realize his defensive contribution has been so high. He's he's something like in the top five for, for tackles for the season. He's above Ingolo Conte, Torreira, numerous midfielder Fernandinho. And I think he's his contribution offensively has been phenomenal as well. And during Arnautovic's absence, he's taken up the mantle of goal scorer. And before that, he was doing great defensive work. And, it, and he, he presses from the front. And I, I really like him. He seems to be a good personality and a positive influence to the team. And I think he'll be a, a one or two years on West Ham. And But if he continues this form, he'll definitely go to Manchester City or, or, or United or something like that in the future. So. Yeah, I'm not all negative about Felipe Anderson. Uh, the injuries they had to Arnautovic and uh, Yarmolenko, two of their other attacking players that they were really relying on this season, kind of forced Anderson into uh, this role where he's by far their most like, talented attacking player and the only really creative player or consistently creative player they have. And uh, Chicharito is not going to score goals by himself. He needs good service. And Felipe Anderson's done a good job of that too. And he's, he's chipped in plenty of goals as well. I just don't think you can deny Raheem Sterling. He scored something like 23 goals and had 17 assists last season in the league. And he's on pace to score, uh, sorry, not 17 assists, 12 assists last year. He's on pace this season to have 24 goals and 13 assists. He's just as good this year as he was last year. He scores late goals. He scores goals in big games. I just don't see how you can't have him. No, I, I, get it. I, I wanted to have Raheem in my team too, and I did, but... I kind of like your, you know, Juan Bissaka and, and Duffy. I just wanted to give, you know, statistical props to Anderson. And he has something like eight goals and nine assists. So he has more goal, goal contributions than Raheem Sterling. And Sterling, for me, he's he's had pockets of form where he, you know, for you know two or three games, he'll get a, a couple goals. But there's been quite a few games where he hasn't shown up so far this year. So... It's those games that I'm. It's holding me back from putting him in the team. But I think by the end of the season, he definitely will be in this team. So um, here's the thing: I, I don't have the numbers in front of me right now, and like the the his his goals and assists from every single game. But I can go off memory that there hasn't been a point of this season where I've thought to myself, "Wow, Raheem Sterling's in a bad bit of form right now." Like I've just always thought to myself, "Like, ah, oh, damn, Sterling's like not gotten injured. He's playing every, in every single league game, basically." He's playing well. He's kept Mares out of the team for the most part, and uh, Sane's been rotated a bit more with the likes of uh, Mares and Bernardo Silva. Sterling's one of the consistents in that team. Then the numbers, like I just mentioned, they speak for themselves. So uh, yeah, that wraps up our uh, teams of the year. We're just going to give real quick our manager of the season picks and player of the season picks so far. I'm guessing we both have Jurgen Klopp. Uh, yeah, Jurgen Klopp and Virgil van Dijk. <laughs> There's there's no other choice than Jurgen Klopp. Uh, I'm going Hazard though for Player of the Season again. His usage rate is God. Absolutely I'm gonna break ridiculous. your Chelsea tinted glasses in half. Here's the thing. Just so, stop, Alex. It's not Hazard. Here's the thing. You just you've just been overutilizing him, and he looks better than he actually is because he's getting a few more goals. And you're just he's your only outlet, much like Felipe Anderson. He's your only outlet, so he's getting every. He has all of the creative license in the team. And you have no other goal scoring. You say threats. it like it's a bad thing. You say it like it's a bad thing in terms of consideration for this award. I think it's it's very hard to put a team on your back. No, in when soccer. Alexis was doing that's that, you were reasons, just saying, "Oh, he's just getting." I mean, that's goals one of the reasons you liked Lionel Messi a couple so much. years ago. Because you, you the, the the whole reason you were saying Messi was one, like one of the greatest players of all time last season is because he carried that Barcelona team to almost an undefeated season. Hazard's play, have, has the similar usage rate this season and has dragged us out of countless times where the whole team has been playing terribly Great. and two or three and moments of magic have won goals it for this us. season. That's not so, that impressive. Cool. So what and I'll Eden say, Hazard what I'll has been part of like 60% of those. So 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 he's just dragged your te- your shitty team through the mud and it's going to catch up with you in the second half of the season. Hey man, That's what I was trying to make team. the point that I was about. trying to make earlier and you didn't want me to. But now you're bringing it out of me because I can't believe you're trying to say Hazard's the player of the season this year. I'm not going to stand for that. That's ridiculous. So Van Dyke, if you take Van Dyke out of Liverpool's team, that's ridiculous. They're not first. They're not first, but they're still top four. You take Hazard out of our team. Where, where are Chelsea? What place do you think we're in right now? We're worse than United. Yeah, but your team is really bad outside of Eden Hazard. So like, well, N'Golo Kante, another another team of the season. 
uh, inclusion. Well, no, if he yes. was being played in the right I'm position, goal scoring he would be, not so. We're nowhere you know. near the top four. We're nowhere near the top four. And that's why Hazard is player of the season. He has dragged us to top four. And he will continue to drag us to get our Champions League plays. He started the season scoring seven times in his first five games. Oh, and that that run of games you talked about where he didn't score, he had six assists during that time, including an assist during the Manchester City match, two assists during the Manchester City match. He's the best player in the league. There's no denying it. Van Dijk is a worthy uh, consideration for the spot. And because they're first in the league, I will not like contest Van Dijk too much. But I think Hazard deserves to be named player of the season so far. I'm, is that enough I'm going to break Javier? those glasses one day, Alex. One day. I'm going <laughs> to smash them. What glasses? Your Chelsea-tinted bias glasses. Ah, uh, Okay. Says the guy who has Aubameyang and freaking Lucas Torreira. And it's like, you know what? I'll give I'll throw you a cookie. Lucas Torreira has been the signing of the season. We'll add a, we'll add another award. Lucas Torreira, signing of the season so far. Does that make you happy, Javier? We can end on a good note. Ah, <gasps> oh, I love the team of the season so far, Pod. Ah, oh, welcome, Javier. Welcome, welcome to it. Uh, we'll wrap up the pod there. It's uh, certainly been long enough. I'm excited to get back to Premier League football this weekend after FA Cup last weekend. Let us know on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, at Andrew Passaro, at ASMOS92, at JavierRev9, or at GhostGoalPod. Let us know what you think of our teams. Let us know uh, who you think we've uh, not included in our team that deserves uh, an inclusion. Uh, make fun of Javier for his Felipe Anderson pick, or uh, <laughs> make fun of me for my Ben Chilwell pick. You know, it's uh, it's <laughs> it's all there for your us. Shane Duffy pick? Nah, Shane Duffy's a good pick. like 15th ah, or something, and you're like, Shane Duffy. Ah, go on. Don't, don't, don't shit at an old Shane. Shane Duffy deserves to be in there. Every, every team needs an Irishman in it. <laughs> uh, so for Javier, I'm Alex. Thanks for listening to the Ghost Gold Pod. And until next week, 